Well, hey everyone, Athena Dean Holtz here, and welcome to the Redeemed and Restored podcast, where we connect every Friday so that together we can intentionally discover the faithfulness of God. So today's episode of Redeemed and Restored is entitled Sucked into the New Age, Part 1. It's amazing how cunning and crafty the enemy of our soul is. In fact, in 2 Corinthians eleven fourteen, Paul says, But I am not surprised. Even Satan disguises himself as an angel of light. Yep, Satan masquerades as an angel of light, and he not only does that to unbelievers like you're going to hear in my story, but he also does the very same thing with believers doing his best to kill, steal, and destroy, to kill our testimony, steal our joy, and destroy our effectiveness for Jesus. I think it's important to understand that there are things that we end up doing that invites the unholy realm into our lives, whether we're a believer or not. My hope is to illustrate what that looked like in my life so you can possibly see ways you or someone you love has done the same. You know, I recorded the episode introduction from my front porch this time where it has been super windy. This little town we live in is in the shadow of Mount Rainier and we are in a pocket where wind gusts can fly through at speeds of 50 to 75 to sometimes 80 miles an hour. Well, you know, my story may show you how powerful the enemy of our souls is, but guess what? Jesus is even more so. Remember what he said to the wind? In Mark 4:39, he said, be still, and the wind obeyed him. So while the topic over these next two weeks is about how the enemy masqueraded as something good and powerful and compelling in my life, we're going to see that the battle is already won and Jesus is the victor. So take a moment to write a review on Apple so even more people are able to find the podcast and be encouraged. Or you might even know someone who needs to hear this message, so please share the link with others. You might even want to visit my YouTube channel to see the video version of this podcast and connect with the conversations happening over there. Just head on over to YouTube and type in Athena Dean Holtz into the search bar and you'll find the video broadcast there. So hey, let's get started. Well, hey everyone, Athena Dean Holtz here for this week's edition of Redeemed and Restored. The title of today's broadcast is Sucked into the New Age. And I'm going to illustrate how slippery the slide was into incredible darkness that masqueraded as inviting light, wisdom, and life-changing truth. In fact, so much happened in my life during this 12-year stretch from age 21 to 33 when I finally met Jesus. So we're going to stick with this topic for one more episode after this week's message because there's a whole lot to it. It's eye-opening to look back and see how God was wooing me even from a young age. But because I had no one in my life who had a relationship with Christ, there was no shepherding of that call. 
which left the door wide open to all sorts of counterfeits. I remember as a kid during a visit to our friend's house to celebrate Halloween, we had like a haunted house and did all sorts of different activities, but we spent some time in the attic playing games. It was dark, candles were casting distorted shadows around the room. We finally moved on to some serious activities as my friends broke out the Ouija board. Well, here's the truth. That one act opened wide the door to the influence of the unholy realm by dabbling in the occult, which is, simply put, Satan's playground. I think that definitely set me up for all the counterfeits that came my way in my life. Definitely a setup by the enemy of my soul. And it really didn't matter if I knew I was opening the door for him or not. He takes advantage of every opportunity we give him in ignorance. And ignorant I was. Honestly, it looked for many years like he was going to win in my life. As a young woman, my first foray into spiritual things was at age 21 when I made my decision to follow in my grandmother's footsteps. She experienced a miraculous healing after a near-fatal head-on collision in the middle of a desert highway in California. At age 35, laying there on the pavement with almost every bone in her body broken, she prayed, God, if you will let me live, I'll serve you for the rest of my life. I'm not sure how that prayer morphed into being ordained as a unity minister, which is considered New Thought Christianity, a New Age doctrine that does not believe the Bible is the inspired and inerrant Word of God and that Jesus is God, but rather just a good teacher. They believe many ways can get us to heaven, embrace many other religions that fulfill the needs of its followers, their emphasis is on spiritual healing, prosperity, and positive thought. Because they believe all people can improve the quality of their life through thought, I would have to say that any possible foundational Christian element of this movement moved away from the truth of Scripture and squarely into New Age thought and practices very early on. My grandma, Dr. Sue Sicking, was a world-renowned lecturer, author, and minister, radio show host, and founder of a 5,000-member congregation called Unity by the Sea in Santa Monica, California. She actually wrote countless books on the topic and was a bestseller in her day. <laughs> wow. She used her gift of writing to lead people astray and her gift of speaking and I unknowingly followed in her footsteps more often than I'd like to admit. I'll never forget when I was five years old being on This Is Your Life with Ralph Edwards. They were celebrating my grandma's life as a minister and had celebrities and people from all over the country come in for the airing, giving her a new car and a string of pearls and a vacation of a lifetime. She was honored among many with scores of celebrities in her congregation. I've seen the film from the show and saw my feisty little self pulling on Mr. Edwards' coattails with this, hey, look at me attitude. <laughs> Crazy. 
So I moved from Chicago out to Southern California to learn from her and help out at Unity by the Sea. Of course, it didn't take long before I was bored out of my mind with all of these old people. Well, of course, she was 75 or 80 at the time. So of course she had an older congregation. Plus, being a celebrity of sorts, you know, she was not the easiest person to get along with. I guess when you have arrived at such a place of notoriety, it seems like there's kind of an expectation that everyone else is there to serve you. And I guess that came across to me, looking back on it now, as entitlement. She had a female companion who cared for the house and shopped and cooked for her. And everyone was always in a tizzy about getting everything perfect, just the way she liked it. Since no one really enjoyed her wrath when she didn't get things her way. So to say that she was difficult to live with was probably an understatement, but that's the best way I could describe her or my viewpoint of her at that time in my life. She expected to be served and she let you know when you felt short. So getting out of Chicago and over to Los Angeles was the real goal for me. So I was easily distracted from the supposed reason I moved out there. My excuse to head to California was to follow in her footsteps. But the truth was, I was ready for anything else to snag my attention. I was ready for a new adventure and seeing how things really worked from the inside made the sparkle dim pretty quickly. One Monday night when my grandma had her meditation group in her living room, these two young guys show up, one with a guitar and long wavy chocolate brown hair and big green eyes. They showed up for the meditation group, but yeah, that was the end of my pursuit of all things unity. They invited me to go with them to the desert, Death Valley Desert to be exact, and hang out, which I was only too happy to do. Upon my arrival, I found plenty of drugs and loud music and almost a hippie commune style of setup. Of course, I had no idea these people were actually part of the Charles Manson family, the gang. I mean, not the one that went out and killed people, but the group before that incident who just loved to party and do lots of drugs and be wild. So I got ended up getting a part-time job waiting tables at a little cafe in Shoshone, California. Lots of interesting and weird people out there in the desert. But there was this one kind of strange older guy, kind of greasy hair, slick back, rotten teeth, blue eyes that just penetrated your soul. This guy seemed to be their guru. He was apparently an old friend of L. Ron Hubbard, who was the founder of Scientology. So this guy had the inside scoop on all things of any spiritual significance. I wasn't drawn to him or his teachings, probably because he was kind of creepy. But I finally made my way back down to Southern California after about six months, proceeding to get involved in yoga with all the prayer poses to demon gods that was the foundation of that occultic practice. I moved from there to Transcendental Meditation, 
from there, I progressed to having a pyramid in my Santa Monica apartment's living room that I could pray inside of and kind of get aligned with the forces for good. That moved into studying teachings from Elizabeth Clare Prophet and finding the ascended master to pray to. I don't remember how it was decided on, but my ascended master was St. Germain, who was a legendary spiritual master of the ancient wisdom in various theosophical and post-theosophical teachings, said to be responsible for the New Age culture of the Age of Aquarius, and identified with the Count St. Germain. In case you're like me and don't really know what that word theosophic even means... I had to look it up, and Dictionary.com described it as any of various forms of philosophical or religious thought based on a mystical insight into the divine nature. So it's not at all Christian, even though Germain was one of the saints worshipped in the Catholic Church. Now get this, this New Age thought believed and still teaches that there are 12 ascended masters, and they are Jesus, Sanat Kumara, Gautama Buddha, Maitreya, Confucius, Lord Lanto, Mary, Mother of Jesus, Lady Master Nada, Enoch, Quan Yin, Saint Germain, and Kathumi. Now, did you get that? Jesus is one of the 12 ascended masters, and people deceived by this new age thought pray to him. Do you understand what that means? That means there is a demon named Jesus and people pray to him. He is not Jesus the Christ, son of the living God. He is a demon who deceives people into believing that they're good Christians while they are practicing new age doctrines of demons. In fact, I would go so far as to say that He is the Jesus many well-meaning Christians are praying to when they're involved in New Age thought and practices with occultic foundations, all the while being an active church member. Practices that are being accepted by the Christian church and allowed to infiltrate. I have to tell you, that to me is a scary thing. And as I look back at this fascination with New Age and New Age thought, I could see how it seemed so cool. That's what the hip people were into. Those Jesus fanatics who had bullhorns on the busy corners, well, they were lame, not cool at all. In fact, downright hokey. They were just so judgy, so condemning, always with their list of all the things you couldn't do. Who would ever want to be one of them? (laughs) Not me, that's for sure. So incredible to look back in hindsight and see how the enemy of our souls, Satan and his minions, no, he's not a myth or a cute little guy in a red suit with a pitchfork. He is real and he has lots of helpers. And those helpers are experts at throwing fiery darts into our minds, planting thoughts with a condescending tone, just like he did with Eve in the garden and Jesus in the wilderness. Did God really say? So here's the deal. Every time we dabble in anything that has roots in the occult, we open the door 
and invite his influence into our heart and our thoughts. And it really doesn't matter if we dabble in it unknowingly or not. And it doesn't matter if we dabble in it after we're saved or before. The result is the same. The door is wedged open to the unholy realm and a calculated, subtle, cunning strategy to destroy you and your faith has been launched. So that's why the scripture says in 1 Peter 5, 8 and 9, stay alert, watch out for your great enemy, the devil. He prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. Stand firm against him and be strong in your faith. We can't afford to go to one extreme or the other, one extreme being denying his existence or his strategies in our lives, and the other being a full-on obsession with him seeing a demon behind every doorknob. The truth is he is real. And as Jesus says in John 10.10, the thief's purpose is to steal and kill and destroy. So we can't afford to do anything that opens the door to him. And we can't afford to not repent for anything in our past or present for that matter that has invited him in. Have you ever taken some time to pray and ask the Holy Spirit to show you any areas in your life where you opened a door to the enemy? Knowingly or unknowingly? I want to encourage you to have that conversation with the Lord because in the days we live in, we cannot afford to have allowed the enemy any legal access into our lives by something we've done, innocent or not. I think my story illustrates well many different ways I unknowingly invited him in and paid a big price for it. I cannot tell you how grateful I am that the faithfulness of God was more powerful than the enemy's work in my life. That was an important lesson for me to learn, for sure. But you know what? I'm getting ahead of myself. This is only the first half of my descent into the new age before I finally found true faith in Jesus Christ, who was and still is the savior of my soul. So next week, I'm going to be sharing my seven-year journey into the lie of Scientology and then even more New Age beliefs. You won't want to miss that episode. So, hey, thanks for joining me today. I look forward to connecting with you next week on Redeemed and Restored. And as usual, I'd sure appreciate it if you would, well, you know the drill, like, follow, share, comment on this episode, even maybe start a conversation under the discussion tab. I would love to connect with you and hear what God is showing you. My name is Athena Dean Holtz, and this is Redeemed and Restored. So thanks for joining us today on the Redeemed and Restored podcast, brought to you by Athena Dean Holtz and the Romans 828 Bookstore, a division of Redemption Press. I'd love to have you review and share this podcast with friends, family, and others who could use the encouragement. And be sure to check out my YouTube channel at Athena Dean Holtz for more tips and tools 
to help you find the faithfulness of God. So thanks for joining us today. See you next week for another episode of Redeemed and Restored.